Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. I'm the philosopher and this episode is about a movie, actually, um, that deals with the topic of racism. Some guy, my guess, some guy and myself talk about the movie. Uh, of course, spoilers for American Sun will give you a synopsis within the episode as well. Uh, but it was a conversation that I think needed to be had around uh, racism, perceived racism, reverse racism, uh, microaggressions, all this other kind of stuff where, where conversations about race and, and uh, assumptions come into play. And so I really enjoyed talking about this topic because there's a lot of ideas I have around this area of racism that don't get talked about a lot, uh, that is, is hard to talk about, hard to talk about depending on your gender, your ethnicity. Uh, so I was really glad to be able to have a conversation that was inspired by this movie. I strongly recommend you watch it. It's called American Sun. Watch that. It's on Netflix and then come back and listen to the conversation that we have. I would love to know your insight. Make sure you guys go ahead and leave comments down below because I, I think it was a really great topic. And a few things for me before I get into the main topic. I have some new videos out. I put out a video from uh, for Street Fighter V with some Dan gameplay, some Dan Rank gameplay. I'm doing a Rookie to Gold series with the character. Thoroughly enjoying it. I love playing a new character. So the fact that I get to do this with a ridiculous character that is over the top, it's, it's really fun to be able to do. So make sure you check out that video if you listen to this on the podcast version. I do have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash philosopher. Uh, a lot of my old podcasts are on there that you don't get to see on the audio only version like really really old videos like with the guy that runs galloping ghosts arcade all kinds of stuff all kinds of stuff is on there make sure you check that out outside of that it's business as usual i'm trying to get more content pumped out for you guys i think this is my second podcast and within a week which is a, a pretty hot streak for me right now i'm pretty excited i'm putting out youtube videos pretty regularly i don't have a set schedule right now i'm just trying to get into the practice of putting out content putting out content um, that i'm enjoying doing not because i, I want views not because i want likes i just want to put out more content figure out what i like what i enjoy uh, so if you like my content make sure you check that out because i'm really really enjoying the process of doing that outside of that not too much to say in terms of updates i want to say thank you again of course for all the support you guys are giving me it's been great to be able to do this so that said thank you guys so much and i hope you enjoy the show And a strange couple reunites in Florida, in a Florida police station to help find their missing teenage son. That's all they give you in terms of like the explanation. I think Netflix gives you something really similar. And I think it's important to just do a quick synopsis of the movie, like a quick run through of the movie. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie yet, I would encourage you, if you care about spoilers, to go ahead and watch it first. It's what, what did you call it? Like a box movie where they're all in one location? There's a, there's a term for uh, it. It's, uh, I called it a one room. or one. It, it's pretty much one. It, the entire movie takes place in one room. Mm -hmm. and I've only seen a few other movies like this. Um, but those types are a lot. You know, I don't know that there's any other genre besides like drama that can really pull it off. Yeah, maybe. Well, horror, the devil, but yeah, uh, yeah, was yeah, it the, yeah. the, the devil with me or something like that? Anyways, yeah, it, it it takes place all in one location. It's like a set set movie or something along those lines. But there's only four characters total, I believe. One, two, three, four, and then if you want to count the characters in the um, the cell phone video, that's a couple like three more characters. But you really don't even see good footage of anything so they don't i wouldn't really count them but essentially what happens is a right. mother is a main character she's a african-american mother uh and she has a son that is missing and so they at first for me i, I don't know if this was intentional or what but i thought she was at her house at first because the room was very ambiguous in terms of like a police precinct but she, it turns out she's waiting for her son. She's trying to figure out where her son is. There's a police officer that's taking some information that's sort of tending to her. Um, and there's a lot of friction between a lot of the different characters. And I'll get into the different points on how that friction takes place. Um, but essentially the husband comes in. Uh, the husband is a white guy, so mixed mix, mix baby. Um, he immediately gets information from the police officer. Uh, but... They 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 basically set up almost every interaction to where it seems like there's an ambiguousness to whether someone is being bigoted or or like they're like almost cognitive bias, right? Because uh, I, I'll go into it more in a second, but essentially they they set up each interaction with 
other characters to make it seem like there's some sort of whether it's racism or, or sexism or or like you know because someone else is white you're going to give them more information and, and it's kind of like left ambiguous like that i don't know if that's intentional or or what but that's kind of the main focus that i i caught on to in the movie was that there's a lot of different scenes where i feel like depending on how you lean you could perceive it way differently and essentially spoilers it winds up you know the ending i won't I'll actually won't spoil the ending because it's not really relevant to the point but um yeah so it, it's just all of these people interacting it's the husband the wife the police officer who i'm guessing is like a deputy and then uh, maybe an investigator like a detective i forget the rank of what he was um the officer this is all relevant right these are, these are all points that are relevant the wife is black um the husband is white the police officer is white and then the uh the detective who they reference a lot but never show for a while is a black guy an old black guy and the i would say one of the main themes of this movie was racism to some extent or assumed racism because the wife is doing a lot of um I feel like a lot of people are going to perceive it a lot of different ways. I'm going to explain it from my point of view and then also how I think other people might see it. But the the wife is assuming very quickly that her interaction with this police officer who's who seems sort of sometimes flippant or uninterested in what she's saying uh, is he's being that way because he's racist. At the same time, he's asking questions that seems like he's trying to profile the kid. Uh, so like yeah. he, he has a flip book and he's asking these questions to the wife. He's like, okay, well, what has your son been doing? Like, you know, did he steal the car or, you know, is he involved in any gang activity? Did he have a weapon? Did you guys argue? And it's like, some of these questions are valid questions to try to figure out what the situation is. Right. But she keeps responding in these very negative ways. Like you're assuming that, oh, because my son is black or because I'm black, like he's involved in gang activity. And like, there's, there's all this stuff where she's lashing back at him because she perceives that he's asking these questions because he's assuming because it's a black kid something within stereotypical black activity is happening right now like he's robbing a bank or you know a store or something like that and that that's kind of like the main interactions that i've noticed between the police officer and the wife to kind of lump it into one group and the the way i felt about this over the course of time is I understood where she was coming from, right? I could empathize with this character a lot of the times because it did feel like, from if I was in her situation, um, I would feel that way. Also, there is this thing, I, and I'm really curious. Like, if it's a if, there, if you're Caucasian, it's some guy you can share your thoughts on this as well. But as a as a black guy, I am very aware of the fact that I have to have a conversation with my son about different facets of being black in America. How to interact with a police officer to lower the chances of getting killed by a police officer. How to handle yourself in job interviews, specifically about being black, um, to increase your chances of getting a job. How to represent yourself online, right? Uh, that's a whole new conversation I've never gotten advice on because that's that wasn't a thing for my parents. But I believe that how you represent yourself... You know, I don't believe in being inauthentic, but I do believe that you have to acknowledge that how people perceive you affects your ability to have success in life. Uh, and I think there's a line there that you have to ride as a black person, at the very least, to to increase your chances while also maintaining, for lack of a better term, your blackness. What you as an individual perceive to be your blackness. Everyone, I think, has different opinions. I've over many many times in my life told been told that i'm not black because i don't sound black uh or i don't talk black or i don't act black whatever and i I think that that relates to this main character because she goes on and on about how hard she worked to make sure she that her son didn't end up in this stereotypical black situation of of gang activity of of illegal activity you know the stereotypical tropes that you see in in any you know movie involving a black person more than likely the 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 exact position the cop was trying to whether it was intentionally or not the position that he was kind of putting the the, the kid in right like he was yeah. I, it, if it, whether or not he was trying to just make sure that, that wasn't what was happening mm-hmm. or if he was trying to i i mean it was it's a drama so it's there to to give you these feels it's it's supposed to ask make you ask those questions about oh is that racist or is that just you know 
what a police officer should do mm-hmm. and i feel like her um interaction with the cop is exacerbated by the fact that when her husband comes in like he immediately gets answers and it's not because he's white it's because the guy mistook him mistook him for the other detective that was supposed to be coming in yeah uh, the, the guy comes in he's in like a suit uh he just he, first off the officer that is dealing with the lady is new if i'm not mistaken he's been there for like a couple of weeks yeah um and so when the husband comes in he comes in and isn't he in, law, in some form of law enforcement or he's an fbi or? agent yeah okay so yeah so he is <laughs> you know he looks the part of like a detective uh the officer sees him and immediately starts like you know kind of bad mouthing the wife because she's a hassle for him to do in yeah uh and then also starts spewing details that he did not give to the wife yeah but i don't necessarily i don't necessarily think that was because the guy was white i think it was just a case of mistaken identity and oh yeah maybe he was being a jerk I think that was the play they were definitely aiming for. Like, to me, it, it seemed very obvious that they were trying to set up a situation where the mom could perceive that the cop wasn't... Like, cause she... What is the term? There's a cognitive bias, right? Um, she was convinced that the cop was racist. So she's yes. looking for information to prove that the cop is racist. She's also in a very heightened emotional state of mind because her son is missing. Uh, and that's, that's the other really relatable part is that... It is very hard for me to explain this, but there is a very primal part of my brain or something that has this attachment to my son. I can't explain it to you. Um, I, I, I've never really understood it when I saw other people acting like this, but there is definitely something um, that isn't logical. It's more emotional that attaches me to my son. Uh, there's feelings of pride, of joy, of love, of fear, uh, of concern just with his existence and his future. And I have observed that, you know, me and my wife are both very logical people. We like to explain our emotions and try to like logic a lot of the things that people do. So we're both very logical people. During the process of, of her labor and after the fact, she's gone through an emotional roller coaster ride that I know has to do less with logic and more with like chemicals in your body with with emotions that are going on that she's never processed before and i would argue that she has a stronger emotional connection to my son than i do uh, i i don't i don't think that's really much of an argument honestly right you know what i mean i, I like, don't think it is she, he was he was inside her for nine months like, mm-hmm. that's a- i think it's yeah I, I i think that there's a reason a, a biological reason why she's more attached to my son uh, and there's science that would back that up that has stated the same thing because obviously she's going to be the one that's the care provider primarily in older times when it was more relevant it's less relevant in our society now um, I'm actually the one that watches them primarily but even still I think that she just naturally has a stronger connection so that said I think that they're trying to illustrate this with this mom who she's a very complex character so at first she really really frustrated me to like it, she was really really frustrating even though I empathize with her it's just it was kind of annoying to me to see the black stereotype kind of just put on display I actually kind of as an aside I, I watched a few reviews and there was one black guy who I think actually I'm not going to say his political affiliation but I could kind of assume what his opinion was going to be and he actually thought this was more of a um what did he use? Like, negative black propaganda was what he said this movie was. And I, I see where he's coming from. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I, I think this is a movie that's trying to call out a lot of the hypocrisies in various areas of people behaving. Like, I do think the white cop was profiling, but he didn't know he was profiling. And, spoiler alert, he wasn't completely wrong or unjustified in what he was doing because the situation did end up being around that idea that he was asking and uh yeah to to stay on that point real quick it in the storyline kind of unfolds that the mother is withholding a lot of information that she i i I can relate to this because it's like you don't want to give these answers that are going to confirm someone else's belief 
right? It's so hard to explain. It's like, I don't want to confirm that you think that I'm in this situation, even though I actually am in this situation where I did this thing. Like, because it, it reaffirms that black people are bad or something like that. It's like, she was trying really hard to not answer these questions that she would generally see a, a white, a uh, black person in you know she didn't want to see her son in that situation i think she was in denial about the fact that her son was involved in this kind of activity and it took like arguments with her husband and getting very heated for this information to finally come out but she's very complex because she's very well educated she's a doctor of psychology i believe Uh, she went through great lengths to teach her son how to speak um eloquently how you know gave her a really really good education they're pretty well off they're a rich family. The husband did a lot to also make sure that he didn't end up like a stereotypical uh, uh, black person. And so that's like a huge part of this conversation of like, hey, you know, even though you went through great lengths to not put your kid in this situation where it's like, you know, they're doing illegal activities and they're breaking the law, uh, it, it still wound up being that way. And so that's it. That felt very frustrating. Just watching the movie and trying to partake in it emotionally. That was really frustrating that even though like all this effort to keep your son away from this uh, culture that you're trying to avoid because it is a very dangerous culture at times. Not not black culture, just like I would say hood culture. You can be any race and be involved in, in the activities, but it just, it, it's multiple levels of frustrating because man, that sucks that her, that, you know, what is going on with her son. It sucks that it, it didn't end up being kind of a stereotypical situation for a black guy to be in. Um, but like the way they're all talking about it and going back and forth, it's just like the, it, one of the questions I feel like it's trying to ask is even though something is racist, can it be justified? You know, um, is, is it completely wrong to profile somebody? Uh, and it, and even though it feels very uncomfortable, you know, people of different races do often get put there. The stereotypes are there for not, not for a reason, but because they, that experience has happened enough to where people recognize the pattern. That doesn't mean that any race is locked into that pattern. That doesn't mean just because I'm black, I, ha- I have to get involved in gang activity or I have to do this or that. It just means that if I grew up in that culture, that that's more likely, or if I relate to that culture, because obviously he didn't grow up in that culture, but still was attracted to it. And it's, it, it really reminds yeah. me of, um, you ever you ever know anyone who grew up with like a, a preacher, like a preacher's daughter or preacher's son, and how they oh, yes, are like yes. anything but religious <laughs> behind yes. the scenes? It, it feels and like there's that. a stereotype for that. There's a stereotype for that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, the preacher's daughter is stereotypically. Um, I, I don't I don't know what term to use here, but like oh it, yes, that that is a that is a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I'll leave it at that. If, know the, the term then good job <laughs> if not then i'll, I'll say promiscuous uh, that's what i'll say yeah yeah i mean uh, yeah that's that's fair enough yeah yeah it those tropes are there for a reason so the, the question is like are we too focused on denying people being offended to actually find useful information because it is there is there a way that we can in, in this scenario if you're a police officer or a detective, if does knowing the race of somebody help them in their investigation on multiple levels? Yes, like just by identifying them. Obviously, yes, you have to know what they look like, what yeah. color their skin is. You know, you, you. I think there is some truth in like as a black person, I want to know more about my black culture. That doesn't just mean I'm Jamaican as well, so I want to know about my Jamaican culture. I want to know about the African beforehand, which I don't really know too much. I'm also Scottish, so I want to know about my Scottish culture. And I want to be around people that relate to me. It doesn't mean that I'm denying other people. Like, I can't hang out with white friends or Hispanic friends or anybody else. It just means that I do want to spend some time with people that relate to me in the sense of my heritage. Uh, I I personally don't really get the chance to practice that too much other than talking to my immediate family. But um, asking those questions, you know, and and trying to figure that out, it it is kind of a sensitive question. But I, I, I do feel like... Um, for me, the mom was being unreasonable and it only made it harder to find her son. And I, I wonder if she had been more forthright with information about her son, would she have been able to find him faster? Because the son like stole the car. Um, she said it was her, her son's car, but it was the husband's car. So she was lying about that. She just, there was so much information that she didn't give because she was afraid of the perception of it being like uh, within the, the realm of profiling her son. 
that she just yeah you know she didn't mention a bumper sticker that was really relevant to a lot of different stuff um and, and it's, it was really really frustrating because i see that kind of behavior i've seen it in myself in the past where like i don't want to confirm somebody's assumptions about me regardless of what it might be you know it's just and regardless of if they're true or not right? yeah regardless of if they're true or not right exactly i <sighs> i feel like it's more about what you think that they're going to do with that information than it is about what that information actually is yeah i i think it's even less sometimes less tangible than that and it's more of just like i'm afraid of your perception of me like i don't want you to assume this information and then and then like confirm your racist beliefs right it's like you're thinking something racist and then you make an assumption like oh yeah this this black guy is probably over here you know robbing a convenience store right and then you know, talking about your son, and then that comes true, and it's like you don't want to admit that because it is true, and it confirms their their belief, and that that that's frustrating, and very very relatable, but it 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 doesn't mean that your son or your daughter is confined or yourself is confined to any sort of destiny. It just yeah, they happen to be in this this situation that does happen a lot. You know, it sucks, but sometimes just accepting things as what they are rather than trying to. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't mean it's it's confirming anything. It's just that's the situation. You don't have to let the fact that it might be a stereotypical trope affect your your judgment because it's just going to make you feel worse and you're going to lash out against more people. Uh, because she was, this lady wasn't just always lashing out about being racist. She was lashing out about like vocabulary too, which was really like, I tried to understand that she was emotionally affected, but like she was being very, very petty a lot of the time. Um, no, don't get me wrong, the husband, like yeah. all these characters were very, like flipping in their own way there was a lot of tension between all the characters because the husband the ex-husband i should say and the, and the wife they had a lot of tension there was a lot of like racial conversation going back and forth um so all of them in their own way were very flippant to someone else's like worldview but at the same time like i do feel like the mom in particular since she was like the main focus she would get caught on some weird stuff like you know don't use this word use that word and it's like right now this isn't the time to be you know being that way uh, and as educated yeah, as she it was, was, it was kind of frustrating to see. It's it's very interesting to realize that, you know, the way she felt about language and the way she reacted to the bumper sticker. You know what I mean? Like, th those two points in the movie kind mm. of stood out to me as, like, how are you so, um, so against using terminology that doesn't, um, and it's not even like they were offensive words. It was just like slang. Yeah. I guess. Like the guy was like, maybe like, for example, like ain't. You know, for the longest time, ain't was not in the dictionary. I think they finally added it. Mm hmm. Uh, but I, you've heard it. Don't use ain't. Ain't in a word. Don't use ain't in a word. Ain't is not a word. And so, like, the guy's using terminology that's not exactly accepted terminology, but everyone knows what he's saying. And then she would call him out on it while he's in the middle of trying to make a point. And, mm -hmm. and knowing that and seeing it happening multiple times and then coming out with the bumper sticker at the very end, and you're like, okay, how are you so offended at using this sort of language, but yet you let your son put this bumper sticker on there? Like, I don't... Rem so it's been a, a little bit since I've seen the movie. I don't remember how she handled the interaction with her son after she saw the bumper sticker. Uh, I so they were, the son and the mother were having like a heated conversation at the time. Like this is per her words. And she saw the bumper sticker and she was trying to get her son to like take it off, but they were already like having a lot of friction. So she was going to tell him the next mm -hmm. day. So that's what, that's okay. what she finally came out and said after like, because at first she was very guarded about the conversation because I think she got some sense of joy out of the cops like seeing it for a second like them talking about it and being mad about it and kind of being like mm -hmm. yeah this is why he has this on his bumper sticker but then finally after being pressured by the husband by the ex-husband she mentioned that yeah she she wanted him to take it off but you know she was really concerned about his behavior and was gonna like just you know she was worried about him because yeah like she, yeah I, I dislike how relatable that mom is uh, because I I have 
experienced that in the past where there are people who are that irrational that emotional and just don't make sense like they just don't make any logical sense in in what they're trying to get at sometimes they're just saying things to hurt your feelings sometimes you're just saying stuff to avoid being honest about something because of their pride their ego their perception what other people might think about them and it's just really hard to interact with those people because they're just trying to like get what they want and not really communicating in a way that's effective to anybody else it's like incredibly like relatable uh and and frustrating not as relatable now luckily (laughs) uh that was more so when i was younger so so you mean relatable to people that you know not necessarily relatable to yourself or um what, what do you mean by that not that i do it i've encountered people that have done it in my past okay, yeah, okay to, me. to me and it's like we have yeah. a disagreement and i'm trying to figure out what's going wrong but it just seems like no matter there's nothing that i can say i just dig myself deeper into a hole and it's just them attacking like them trying to intentionally say mean things to me or or like just assume take something that i say and take it out of context and filter it through their own per- personal point of view and i'm just like that's not at all what i'm trying to say why are you misinterpreting it but then trying to help clarify what i'm trying to say just makes them go deeper down the rabbit hole of just saying you're wrong and i'm right like all they hear is you're wrong or you're you're insulting whatever their worldview is and they don't hear hey here's my point of view or here's a solution they just you know and it's not it's not always just women they happen to mostly be women from my own experience but uh, i think anybody's capable of having this sort of behavior yeah no i no, no, i absolutely agree that um when you're trying to tell someone your opinion it, it maybe it's an issue from the way i communicate but like I'll, i i notice a lot of friction especially in like past relationships where if i'm trying to get my point across it comes across as they're wrong mm-hmm. and i i and it's something that i've had to work on i don't exact i still don't quite understand how i do it um but that seems to be a common um a common thing that crops up between <laughs> me and my significant other yeah is not giving them enough space to be to have their opinions yeah i I, regardless, that's besides the point. I, uh, I just can relate. Yeah, it's, I think the issue is, is two part. And this is something that me, me and my wife talk about because I would say that she's not the extreme example of that, but it definitely happens. Uh, but I also think that in some ways, it, it happens to me in a very like in, on different topics perhaps so a lot of people don't like being given constructive feedback unwarranted and I think you and I both share yeah. this where we're like hey there's an opportunity to make something better let me share my thoughts right that's kind of the energy that we come with but sometimes yeah. with significant others or family members uh, especially it can be perceived as something different than, than that which it, it can be perceived so many different ways, so I don't want to just list off one or the other, but it's just what I'm saying is not what is being received. And then I think on one side, yes, we as individuals have to figure out how those people think and try to send that information better, but also two parts as well. Maybe sometimes we just don't say anything, <laughs> and maybe sometimes it is on the other person to just not be, to be more open to what, that person's trying to say right like you and i or anybody else it's like hey you're letting your you're filtering the information through the wrong filter right you're, you're not looking at what i'm saying you're only looking at what you're thinking i'm saying and it yeah you know for the individuals that might be listening that do tend to just get mad when someone shares their thoughts it's like hey because this happens to me too and this is when i have to check myself um and like because we call each other out when we're being defensive, you know? Because it's like, if you're being defensive, then you're, you're perceiving what we're saying the wrong way. It's kind of what we tend to talk about. And it's like, okay, so you, I'm getting defensive about something, you know, which is hard to admit sometimes when you're defensive. You don't realize you're being defensive. So it might have to be like, we have to come back to this conversation later. We're too heated to talk about it now. And then it's like, okay, this is what I was trying to say. You know, let me just, let me just get my full thoughts out before you start answering questions. Because you, a lot of times what happens is people will interrupt you 
And a thought isn't just a couple of words. Sometimes it takes multiple sentences to build out your entire thought, and your question might get answered. But people tend to want to, like, as soon as they hear that thought, they want to react and say their, their, what their feelings are instead of just listening. So if this is relevant to you or, or anybody else, it's like, hey, if you're the person getting affected and trying to answer, like, clarify really fast, like, just let them finish their whole entire thought, process it, see if what they, you know, what you were thinking was answered within that question. But also try to make sure that if you are being received wrong, that you're thinking about the different angles of how someone else can think about it. And, or maybe even like asking like, well, how are you seeing this? Like, what do you, what are you thinking I'm saying? Because I feel like you're, you're not, I feel like I'm saying it wrong where I feel like my message isn't getting received. And from there, it just seems like there's able to be a more constructive conversation. It, it takes both parties being open to construction to some level, you know, but, uh, yeah. that, you know, that's what I didn't see happening in, in the movie with anybody. It's like the, the wife was too focused on her own worldview. It's like you can't be married to your own worldview all the time. You have to be able to understand that people see the world differently from you. And and that's especially yeah. with different races. You know, me me and Gina talk about that a lot, uh, about about race and about, you know, raising our son as a mixed baby, about the white experience versus the black experience. And, and she grew up in a more conservative family, so she's able to... to from her own experience, because she, she never really grew up super conservative herself, you know, she never really, she asks questions, she's very curious, like you and I, she's, she's always asking, like, hey, you know, what, you know, how do things work, you know, evolution, is that a thing, you know, let me see if I, does that, does that make sense, you know, this stuff makes sense, and so we're able to have that logical conversation, um, a lot of other people have to learn to be a little bit more objective, <laughs> and less subjective, you know, and that's, yeah. that's really hard as well. Uh, but then people who are too objective, we have to learn to be a little bit more emotional, understanding, like, wh- how, how am I saying this in a way that they could receive it? It it, it sucks because it gets into the whole, uh, how do I explain this? Not necessarily cancel culture, but we're in this societal state in America where it's really hard to have conversations about tough topics, topics that offend us. And it's really qu- easy to 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 villainize people who want to have a deeper conversation or or make an argument on a, a different worldview. Um, I feel like that's kind of an aside, but it is also just very very relevant to the fact that like this this movie was very uncomfortable. I think it made me feel uncomfortable and frustrated. Uh, I, I think sometimes some of the scenarios felt forced, but at the same time were very realistic. I think there was a, so many of the situ- of the tropes of the black trope happening or the white trope happening that like it it kind of just to me it felt very obvious. But when I watched reviews from other people, like a lot of black women loved this movie. Surprisingly, right? I, I thought from my point of view they would be kind of offended by this movie of just like this crazy black lady felt, going like, like they going felt off. villainized. Yeah, yeah, to but, some extent. Um, a lot of them liked it, you know. And I was like, okay, because at first I was like, let me see what a guy's perspective is. And then I was like, wait, why am I watching a guy's perspective? It's it's a the mom's the main character. And so I was like, oh, here's a few black black women that watch this movie and they're like, I love the character, the acting was so good. Like I you know, just I felt the emotions and I was like, wow, they you know, obviously they don't speak for every black woman, right? I I didn't watch all right. of them, so I can't say that all black women felt this way or any any anything felt that way. Yeah, I don't I think it's difficult to make that assumption at any point, at any given at any point in human history, all of this all of these people felt this way about anything. right i hate generalizations you know I mean? in the first place like that's ridiculously okay. stupid it's it's good for general conversation and ideas but people who fully believe in generalizations of a, a whole group of people are kind of like crazy or something i don't know i don't get it but anyways yeah there there are definitely black women that do like it i don't know if i liked it per se but i liked the the conversations and the ideas that they, it introduced it, it it didn't feel necessarily fully like a movie to me Maybe I just wasn't looking at it through the lens of a movie, but it felt like just a bunch of different interactions that expose behaviors that are common and frustrating and relatable. And maybe sometimes we're being racist and we don't realize we're being racist. Because the the mom, the black lady, was definitely racist. She definitely assumed a lot about white people and and was very quick to do it. Very like she to me she felt like the most racist person there because she was assuming a lot about everybody else. She was assuming that the uh, 
the detective or the main investigator guy was a white guy when indeed he was a black guy and like she got schooled by him towards the tail end of the movie because like he was he, he didn't take any shit he didn't take any of it he was like look like i know you're thinking this stuff but that's not true and so she just towards the tail end of the movie i feel like uh they really exposed the fact that she was the one that was being prejudiced in a lot of different ways um her fears were very justifiable but she also worked against herself because she wasn't being honest with other people she was accusing other people of being dishonest but she herself was the one that was probably the most dishonest person of all the people like all the other people i felt like were being very straightforward maybe they were lying but i don't know why the director would choose to not expose that but um you know i I felt like with the cop when you mentioned before the fact that you know as soon as the husband comes in she's kind of ranting about the the mom but i tried to put myself in his shoes and uh, like you know i've worked customer service for a long time and when you're passing Mm -hmm. off because what he was doing was he was passing off the customer to another to another employee like that's how i processed it so he's like prepare yourself for some crazy shit because when you talk to this lady you're gonna get it and i'm letting you know right now uh like just honestly because i'm 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 new i don't know what the heck is going on here i thought like this is gonna be a simple day and she's not making it simple um and here's a rundown because he saw the badge and he was like surely there's no other person that's gonna come in here in a suit and a badge like and so like i didn't i when i was watching it as a as a just a person i was thinking okay this asshole right here is talking to smack about this lady but then when I thought about it again, I was like, well, from his point of view, she has been pretty crazy and unreasonable. She she so, won't answer questions and be honest. So from his point of view... It would be interesting... It would be interesting to watch it in a series of just, like, only the clips where this guy has ears on the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if you had watched the entire movie through the eyes of the, the, the white detective. Yeah. All right, now come back and watch the movie through the eyes of the mom and what she has pre- you know like just cut it up in a way that you're only seeing the bits of the story that each individual character gets to see mm-hmm. and i feel like that's part of what makes this movie what it is is the fact that the story is driven by so much of the stuff that you don't get to see and that so much of the stuff that each of the characters don't get to see like the white detective he had no idea what was going on. He mm-hmm. had a limited information. The lady was trying to squeeze out more information from him while withholding information herself. Um, and he was trying to be helpful. And then at some point, his his bias does show. Uh, and I'm sure that that doesn't help his... It, it doesn't help his interaction with her. Mm-hmm. Like, at all. He had um, some racist thoughts, but it didn't mean he was a bad person, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what, and that's what I'm saying. Like his bias shows. I I don't think he was inherently like racist in the sense that like he wasn't doing anything that I remember that really like he was just asking questions. And yes, some of them may have been coming from like a. A racist mentality he was profiling yeah 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 right but um and even even so to, to prove the point that he's not a bad person at one point he goes and gets information that that could have caused him to get in trouble so he he put his own job in the line to help her out and she was still ungrateful with the information that that he was giving her yeah so it's like yes he he was profiling and here's the thing is that i feel like a lot of people don't want to admit that they do this they they create profiles in their head of different types of people it isn't always racial it could just be like a nerd or uh you know the the mom type of character or whatever people do this as a police officer it's not a wise thing to do to a a black woman like you there's customer service and you have to be aware of that kind of stuff uh but i he was not a terrible person he just had some preconceived uh stereotypes in his head he was trying to find information as much as possible so yes some of the questions you could argue were racist but they weren't hateful right it's like that conversation we had before about you know is all racist is all racism the same and is is a racism that's not hateful uh and i I think that there are times where we're willing to villainize somebody because they're doing something that might be to some degree racist um even though they still are trying to help us or they're not intentionally making things harder for us so it's like i i don't fully empathize with him because there were times where he was kind of an asshole 
but I do think yeah. that he wasn't an overall. He wasn't being an asshole because he he was white and she was black. He he just was a new guy and like she was getting on his nerves. But she saw yeah. it as a black guy, a black girl. I'm also I'm also curious, like in the context of like so the questions he's asking uh, her mm-hmm. in that context they seem a little odd, mm-hmm. but in the context of hey you're. Uh, your teenage black son is missing and you're at a police station like what other like what other major contexts are there where you like I'm not sure how to phrase this question like it's uh, um, what other scenarios would there be where you come for help looking for your son that's missing even if it's a white kid, okay, your son's missing. Uh, all right, well, I need to know as much information about this as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I don't remember all of the details of the movie. It's been maybe it's been like four or five months since I actually watched it. Oh, nice. Uh, so coming coming in from hearing your perspective of it on it fresh is actually pretty pretty enlightening on a lot of it. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> but like. You, you get my point, like, in the context of I'm at a police station looking for my missing son. Like, a lot of these questions, that, even though they're difficult to hear, most people are going to get those questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you went to a school and said, oh, how are, how are his grades? It's not like you went to um, his karate class and said, how's he doing in karate? You know, like, there's, there's all different sorts of context for racism to not crop up, but, like, this, I feel like this is one of them where the stereotype is very heavily pushed in that direction. Like, oh, the stereotype is criminal, criminal behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're at the place where criminal behavior is punished. So like, it's it it's very easy for that conversation to get steered in that direction, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that the the questions that she was asking, that he was asking in the beginning to her were questions that would be relevant for any missing persons you know because the person there was no evidence of a kidnapping or anything like that that person went missing and it's a 17 or 18 year old man that has a vehicle so it's like okay they weren't you know that they left of their own accord you know that they have a vehicle then you know what kind of state were they in when they left that's basically one of the questions he was trying to get answered. Like, was there any arguments at home? Did you guys have a disagreement? She wouldn't answer that question. Turns out, yeah, she did actually have a disagreement with her son. And, and like, he did storm off. You know, does, was he, who were the people that he were with? And what, what, like, what were they doing? You know, why would you ask something like that? What does that matter with finding my son? Turns out he was with two people who were doing some illegal activity. You know, and it's like, it, it doesn't have to be a black person. There are tons of white people that I've encountered that do the same thing. And that would have been relevant questions for them, too. So it's like, because we're watching it through the filter, at least I was watching it through the filter of a, a black person, you do feel like these questions are, like, like as a black person, I can relate to her specifically because she's a black person who's trying to overcome her quote-unquote blackness, right? Like, overcome that stereotype that we have. As a black person, there's a stereotype. And any person who wants to make more of themselves, it's like you kind of have to carry that with you. It's like you're you're a representation of what the black man or black woman could be. You're a representation of not being confined to the stereotypes. So when something happens to someone you love, um, especially your son, where it's like they're doing something that's confining them to this worldview, like this stereotype, and like you're... You're confirming this for this person. Like you don't want to confirm, and I think it's even less so about the cop itself for her, and more about the fact that she has to acknowledge that her son is, uh, in her eyes, like kind of reverting to a a. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to not be offensive about this, but like a, a less optimal way of living a life from her point of view, right? It, it's right. it's hard. It's really really hard to verbalize because only people that have experienced it in some degree uh can empathize and i don't think it's exclusive to to just to to black people but um trying to be something more than the stereotype that's labeled onto you is it feels like a burden sometimes and i i can i can relate to a little bit of that Mm. i'm not saying i have the full experience but like 
growing up in a redneck environment, like, you know, trying to be better, trying to be better than my parents. Like, I get that, like, as a, as a parent yourself, I'm sure you felt like, okay, my son's life has to be better than mine. Like, that's, your goal is to, like, make it so that he has a better experience growing up than what you had. Not to say that you had a bad experience, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's, if you're a decent parent, that's your goal, is to, yeah. to give better than you had. My, for me, my goal is slightly different. I, I want to help him be the person that I think it takes to survive and be happy in this world. Not just, like, make money. I want him to be a person that's able to find his own happiness. And, and find his own success. And so I want to help him build habits, mental or physical habits, that aid in, in that, that journey. Because I, I realized for me, I didn't have a bad, I didn't, I had a mixed childhood, right? There was like, there's lots of love and, and gifts and stuff as I got older. Uh, my parents, you know, got more money. I started off poor, then they, they moved us to the suburbs. Um, but emotionally and physically, there was a lot of like, abuse as well so i had a a mixture of the two and i realized as a parent like what i didn't want to give my son and then i also realized as i got older i had deficiencies in my thinking and in my skills to where i feel like i couldn't fully take i couldn't adult right all the things that are required to be an adult i didn't have all those skills developed by the time i feel like i should have been able to do those things on my own and um those aren't always things that would bring me happiness but when i'm on my own I'm, I'm on my own, right? I don't want to have to rely on anybody else to do that. So for me, helping that person, help, helping my son build those skills is, is that goal. And I think, again, that's really relatable to the mom because she spent all this time teaching him to be more than the stereotype. And, and still, you know, it felt, it felt kind of inevitable. Um, but anyways, back, back to the initial point of just like, I, I I do agree that yeah anybody can experience being able to be more than their label right it, it isn't just a black thing it's just explaining it from the black perspective is is hard to articulate yeah but I think oh, yeah. in general anybody anybody can be labeled something you know and and try to be more than that and then it gets even more confusing when when you have a a, a child involved in it and that gets wrapped into it yeah. because we we some of us identify put so much priority on our, on our identities that it, it can really mess us up in, in some ways. I don't know how to explain that oh, a lot better absolutely. than that. So, that, absolutely. That, that's a pretty interesting point because like in the in the movie, the uh, that was like the kid was trying to be more in touch with his uh, with the black culture, right? Like mm-hmm. he, would, he was the reason he was hanging out with this group of friends was because all of his other friends were just like essentially spoiled rich, rich kids. kids yeah at a private school yeah <clears throat> yeah and he so was like, the only black uh, kid at his school or black yeah. in his group of friends yeah and so like he's trying to reach out and hang out with more um more friends from his culture that experience like life through the culture that he is perceived to have had mm-hmm. growing up as the only black kid Right. Yeah, yeah. Actually, to your point, uh, now that I think about it, one of the things the mom said was with his friends, he he felt like he was the face of the race. Like she really emphasized mm-hmm. that, and that's yeah, that kind of pressure when you're always because I've been the only black guy in a group of friends, and I think sometimes it can get overwhelming because they sort of unintentionally look to you for all the black knowledge, you know, and it's like yeah, it, it it's. It's sometimes nice to be able to go with people that you relate with um, because there, there is – you don't have to have – that doesn't have to be a continual thing. Like I love racist humor and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes when people just like don't understand the struggle, it's like and, – and, and they're like exasper, ex- exacerbating it to some extent. It's like, okay, I love you guys, but now I, I, like, I also need to spend some time getting back to my heritage and like talking to like not my people because they're different my people. Like you're my people, right? You, you know, we have conversations that I feel like a lot of people can't have. Um, I have black black friends where it's just like there's an understood there's an understanding of just our existence as black people uh, that's unspoken. We don't have to speak it. It just it is what it is. Um, and so that that is a very valid point where it's like he does feel like the face of the race, so he's trying to get back with his people. It's just unfortunate that the group of people that he interacted with chose to do some dumb stuff that night, and he didn't he didn't have. And that's the other part of it too is that 
in this movie, I don't feel like they did enough job, a good enough job of, of educating the kid on the actual black culture or something. They don't really touch on that too much. But it's like, how, how did he not see those warning signs? Or was he just so mad that he didn't care at that point? Uh, because he, yeah. they were kind of forcing him into this lifestyle that maybe he didn't want for himself. And it's, it has less to do with the fact that he's black snapping back to black culture and more about the fact that they withheld him from that culture for so long that now he finally has a chance to rebel and uh, his dad left him and not like any any person who their dad like any son is going to feel either angry or sad when their when their dad leaves and yeah um what better way to now, make them mad than to do exactly what they don't want you to be yeah and now i so the dad didn't leave just for the sake of leaving like there was marital problems right? correct like he he uh him and the wife split. I don't know if he was unfaithful or, or what. I'm not sure if they even really go into that much detail. I think there are some jabs back and forth between mm-hmm. the two of them. Yeah. But the point is, it's, it's a broken home. And the kid rebels. And like you said, he, he goes full 180 to what what both parents have been teaching him. Mm-hmm. Essentially. And... Yep. and this movie is kind of about the consequences of that and it it actually there's a thought i had earlier that you may think that depending on how you raise your kids that they're not subject to this sort of stuff but they are no matter what Mm -hmm. like until until i i honestly i don't even i don't even know how how this gets fixed I, I i'd like to say that like until we're all just so mixed that, like you can't tell one from the other but like is that ever a thing like is that ever gonna happen or until we're all digital maybe singularity you know, like, uh well it, my thought was like um ready player one until we're all able to choose the face that we have and there's just so many options rather than yeah. oh we have to chat about Ready Player <clears throat> Two and One at some point, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, um, I in that sense, it feels like a cautionary tale mm-hmm. because I do Absolutely. think there is this—I'm going to call it parental denial—that parents go through about their kids. It's—I've—I've I've noticed it a lot in other parents, and I have actively tried to not fall into that trap myself. Not that I'm a parent. Uh, my son's two years old now, so I, I've, you know, he's interacting with other people. He goes to daycare, and it's very easy for me to just assume one thing about my son, about like, oh yeah, he's the best kid ever, and like, not that I'm gonna say, oh yeah, he's a terrible kid, but there, there's just like this. How do I explain it? It's it reminds me of religious faith, where there is this non-logical belief about the capabilities and the potential of, of one's kid without actually using any like actual evidence that they're seeing. It's like they're denying certain evidence. It's like, hey, your, your kid has zero interest in this thing, but you believe they're going to be the best at it. Like, they clearly don't have any interest in it, and maybe you need to like, not force your beliefs onto your kid. Or like, your kid has trouble communicating, but you think they're going to be the best communicator. It's like they might still be, but you have to help set them up for that. It's like, okay, well, let's have – like a speech therapy class or something like that. There's a lot of denial about about one's kid that I see that a lot of parents go through, and I, I really think that harms more than does good. It, it's There's so many different instances of it that it's hard to explain because everyone does it in their own different way. I just think that um, you don't have to be cold and calculated, right? There's a, there's a middle ground between, you know, being loving to your kid and being, like, so cold and strict and logical to your kid that, like, they feel like you're a robot. I, I'm, he's only two, two, so I'm not saying I'm an expert at it, but just these are behaviors that I noticed that didn't really help me, you know? Uh, my parents were in denial about certain things about me and made it harder for me to, like, get through life. Like, I didn't know that I, I had ADD until I was a senior in high school. And it's like, I always felt there was something off about me where, where traditional classes never helped me. Um, it was very, very hard for me to sit there and focus. And... Um, I think acknowledging that issue rather than denying there was something there would have been good. But also that deals with like ignorance and, and like understanding of science. Cause, uh, and my point is, is with, with black people, a lot of us in the black community don't believe in like psychiatrists. 
or 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 certain kinds of medical science. There's right. that's a huge generalization, right? That there are some of us, not not all of us, but uh, I grew up in that kind of family where unless you were like dying, you don't go to the doctor. <laughs> you don't like I yeah. I, I kind of still have that mentality, and that's hard to like. I have good insurance now, and it's hard to wrap my head around going to the like. I'm glad that one time I had the flu, where I thought I had the flu, I went to the doctor because normally I have the flu, I just tough it out. Uh, this time it wound up being like COVID, and it was I. I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> like, um, but anyways, my point is that uh, parental denial, because um, it seemed like that's what the mom was doing in the movie. Like, she was either denying it to herself, which is why she was lying. Because it seemed like a lot of times people deny will lie because they're in denial themselves. Not just because they're lying about it to lie, but because they don't want to accept the truth of something. So saying it out loud makes it true. Like, and I think that was part of yeah. the issue that she had with her son. Uh, and I see that in a lot of other parents, and it's like you're hurt, you're only hurting yourself by not acknowledging what's actually happening, uh, rather than thinking that just hoping it goes away or ignoring it's going to fix the issue. I want I want to bring up the topic, but I don't really have too much to say on it because I, I would love to know. Uh, I guess in the comment section from any like female listeners was the idea of sexism, because she was the only female character, and we definitely know that all the male characters interacted with each other differently. But it was set up in a way to where there was mo- like it, it looked like it could have been racism, because white 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 guy white husband white cop and like she she perceived it that way. Um, I I don't remember her talking too much about sexism personally, but um, there was this sense of like nobody else respected her opinion to some degree, and I would love to know for many female listeners or anybody I guess that associates as female what your thoughts were with in terms of like sexism and, and how that may right. have played into it if, if there was like any because like there was really like obvious like okay that's a racist type of situation but I, I don't i didn't notice any like okay that was a sexist point of like point of view like that was something that clearly if it was a man this wouldn't have happened so i'm just i'm wondering if that ever came into play because i didn't notice much of it but i i feel like there had to have been some you know i just think that I'm biased my own way, and I kind of want some of the listeners to let me know like what they thought about that. And maybe there that wasn't the focus yeah. whatsoever. Um, but I just, it just seems like usually when there's like at least three guys in one room and they're all like in the law enforcement, they don't respect women as much. But it was hard to say because I didn't see how they interacted with any other females, so there was no baseline. Yeah. And I can't relate, right? I, I've never, I've never experienced sexism as a woman. So that's about all I have about it. Um, I think the movie as a conversation piece is great in that sense um i'm glad that this is a movie that i could watch to be able to have this conversation because there's a there's so much there and i feel like the conversation itself like we talked on on a lot of topics and it was really hard to talk about this any other way because it's not necessarily a movie review it's more of just a conversation inspired by the themes of this movie right yeah um and there's tough conversations that have to be had around racism and uh from from multiple viewpoints because it's really easy to accuse somebody else of being racist and i think it's really hard to realize when one is when you're being racist yourself right i, I think there's a lot like i i can't relate as a white sometimes. person so, sometimes i i i i agree with you wholeheartedly again mm-hmm. i feel like there are there are times when i'll have a thought and i'll i'll label that it's like no that's racist like Hmm. get rid of that mm-hmm. you know what i mean like I, i'll have to call it out in myself but there's there are times when like especially in this movie like I, there were times where like i thought the lady was getting really annoying and i was i had to like check myself and i'm like am i being racist in this hmm. you know so like like is is she only annoying because of the racist connotation here or is it because she's actually being annoying yeah. And so, it, you know, so it is. It is difficult. It's difficult to to point it out in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as humans, that's one of our biggest flaws is that we can't see our own flaws. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know, maybe that's a, a still on that for a little. Maybe that's a topic for another day. Yeah. But like, um. Yeah. That, that's that was that's really all I had to say. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I, I feel like I could expand a little bit more on this, but uh, I think we've hit a good stopping point. 
know, if you haven't seen this movie, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen this movie, I definitely recommend you check it out uh, and share you your thoughts. Should have watched it before we spoiled it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, I mean, I actually watched. There's a lot of movies I've watched that have been spoiled for me because I've watched reviews or watched like a, a video or a podcast on the topic. Because I really don't care about the ending or anything. It's like, I don't, do I want to invest this much time? But then I watch, like, Wisecrack or I watch somebody that breaks down the movies. And I'm like, um, oh, Ready Player One, actually. I, I'll send you the video. The reason I read Ready Player One was because I watched a video from Wisecrack called Thug Notes. There's this guy named, like, Lucius Sweets. Like, this, like this mm-hmm. hood black guy that, that, like, speaks very eloquently and reviews books. And mm-hmm. uh, he reviewed Ready Player One. And I was like... Okay, and then he talked about the audiobook. I think Audible was like the sponsor, and I already had Audible, so I was like, oh, I'll get the audiobook. Will Wheaton is sick. He voices it. Listen to that. And, um, yeah, it, that, that was the, reason, the, whole, the whole reason I watched that. On that note of the Ready Player One, I, I watched the movie after listening to the book. Jesus, man. <laughs> they were just like, um, sure, we'll put that in there. It doesn't matter who it happens to. Just Sure, go for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> you've seen yeah. you've you've seen and read it, right? Like the whole point where um, Artemis goes to uh, IOI, IOI. I'm like, what? That's not even didn't even happen to her. Yeah. Like, this, what do you mean she rescued <laughs> him in the middle of this? Like that? No, she was like so against like working together. Like ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't want to hate the movie. I don't want to hate the movie. <laughs> but man, like. It just like the way I say this was not for me because I enjoyed the book so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it wasn't a bad movie if you didn't read the book. I don't think you didn't have any like context as to judge it off of anything. But like I love right. the book so much um, that I, I love the concept of the book and the way it was structured versus mm-hmm. um, the movie. I was like, it was hard for me to really like truly enjoy it. I was trying really hard not to compare it because like I, I like some of the scenes like the. The Shining, part. Yeah, like, yeah, that was pretty. I mean, that was that was pretty fun, um, but like it, it started off not good with the whole racing thing. Yeah, I just go backwards. Go yeah, <laughs> like that was like that was how did nobody figured that out in like three years. It just like not even trolling, like people didn't do that. Plus, they didn't like he was already like he already had the DeLorean and everything. He already had a souped up car. Oh yeah, um, he. He already. He was friends with uh, H. Daito and Shoto. Like, yeah, they were already knew each other. Like they, they didn't know each other out beyond the the leaderboard. Like it's so weird. Right. Yeah. So it's just it 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 started off really. Ru- it felt really rushed. You know, I, I, that's why I, I don't think it should have been a book. It could have been like a miniseries, if anything. Where like there's all these, there's so many things that happen in the book that are so notable. And, and it, I, there are certain scenes like, okay, they, I understand they probably wouldn't want to do anything like the gaming scenes. To, no. Well, no, I would have liked watching it. Like watching them play uh, uh, Joust. I would have liked to have seen the adventure yeah. scene. Um, mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen that weird exploit that they did with um, that last game, Tempest. Uh, you know, for the for the like crystal key, you oh, to play yeah, Tempest. Yeah. And then I would I don't know if like legally they could do any of this. Um, but also I would have liked to have seen the um, the coconut the uh, Monty Python scene. I don't know if they would have legally been allowed oh. to do it. That you yeah. know, but I would have like that would have been funny. You know that that scene would mm-hmm. have been pretty funny to see. Um, War I, games. La- I laughed when I heard that. I knew exactly what was going on. Oh really? Like <laughs> I knew I I could tell I could I mean. I didn't know for sure, but as it's building the scene in my head, I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is Monty Python. Wow. But yeah, I... Anyway, so pretty much the movie made me feel uh, awkward at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I get, as these types of movies do, where they um, they play on those feels, which it's it's... I wouldn't say that I necessarily enjoyed the movie, but I enjoy the conversations that I've had about the movie. Yeah, more more so than I enjoy the movie, and I think that that says something about it. It's it's worth a watch for that regard. Yeah, I think it's really good. No, I think that that's all I really wanted to say. Mm. It's worth watching. I agree. At first, I did not like the movie while I was watching it. 
and I was eye rolling a lot because I think for me, I saw the main character and I saw the behaviors and was th things that I was familiar with and, and stuff that I didn't really enjoy when I saw that kind of behavior. But then the more I watched it, the more I realized I appreciated it for its existence more than like it because it made me feel uncomfortable. It made me feel frustrated because sometimes the scenes, it, it felt for me very, very forced. Like it was okay. This is a scene where they're clearly forcing the concept of like they're introducing potential racism or assumed racism, or maybe he is racist, but she's also assuming that he's racist and assuming his intentions along with it, and just like all this, this stuff. And I was like, okay, I, I see what they're doing here, but at the same time, I do appreciate it for what it is because those are situations that do happen, and those people in those situations do behave kind of realistically in that way. Uh, to, there are people who have reacted that way. So I, I think that it's a great conversation starter. Uh, I think in that terms, it, it's, I appreciate watching it. I appreciate you bringing up the topic to talk about it because yeah, it, it made me think about a lot of stuff and I was able to talk about it and get different perspectives on it. So <laughs> overall, I would encourage you just to watch it. It's it's not a very exciting movie. Uh, it's obviously very socially, racially uh, heated. The, the actress, I feel like all the actors do a great job. The uh, actually, I recognize the deputy or police officer, or whatever that guy uh, from um, Superwoman or Supergirl. He he's like uh, the which, best friend of one? Supergirl, the police officer, oh, the main sure. like the little white dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he. Okay. Um, I I thought I recognized him from the trailer or something. I was like, okay, maybe not, because he's in the thumbnail or something. And then I was like, oh, okay, no, that's somebody else. I looked him up. I was like, oh, nope, not him. Then I watched the movie. That guy was the husband. And the cop was indeed the dude from Supergirl. So that was kind of weird to see him be... Because he's like a really nerdy tech guy in that movie. So seeing him yeah. play this role, for the, like seeing him play a different role, um, was kind of interesting and jarring. I think that made it more uncomfortable because I liked this character and I probably was biased towards the actor himself. <laughs> um, but, huh. but yeah, uh, I think overall it was something... It's an uncomfortable movie. So if you don't want to feel uncomfortable, don't watch it. But if you're willing to you know, feel uncomfortable and talk about some of these topics with people, I would love to know your thoughts. Feel free to reach out to me. Social media and everything is going to be in the description. Uh, other than that, I will see you guys in the next one. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. This has been a great conversation again. Also, a side note, I am an affiliate of audible.com. If you were interested in getting audiobooks, if you're busy like me and you don't have the time to read books, whether it's an excuse or just reality, uh, you can go to tavianapier.com slash audible. I'll put a link down below and you'll get your first month free as well as a free book. So check that out. It helps me. If you want to becoming a member, that's something that you like, if you enjoy it, I actually want up getting a commission from it so it helps me in a way as well while also being able to sell something that i genuinely use on a daily basis lately i've been listening to ready player 2 on my second playthrough i really enjoy that series it's something that i absolutely love i usually listen to a lot of person development and self-help stuff but sometimes i just need to escape from reality and listen to something that just makes me forget about this crazy world that we're living in uh, and listen to a story about a different crazy world that's near future almost uh black mirror type stuff so if you like fiction if you like gaming if you love a culture first off i highly recommend you check out ready player one or two uh it's voiced by will wheaton both of them are voiced by will wheaton i think it's a very great book but that said i'm gonna get out of here thank you guys so much and i will see you all in the next one